0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Get ready for the final six anointed messages in Pastor Ray's inspiring series, Integrity, True Humility, and the Sin of Pride. Following up on his three-day power-packed introduction on integrity, there can be no greater spiritual contrast than that between the subjects of his final six days of instruction, the humility of a compassionate heart, and the evil of the sin of all sins, pride. While pride always seems to satisfy self, true humility always demands a spirit of true love, always at a personal cost, always esteeming others higher than yourself. Humility and love will always seek first to please God, while pride will always seek to please man. What an inspiring example of true humbleness of the heart you'll hear in Pastor's narrative of Jesus coming to earth as man, the greatest example of true love and humility known to mankind. Now, here's Pastor with more life-changing messages you can't afford to miss.
1: Let's go over to Philippians chapter 2 and we'll start in verse uh, 1. Therefore, if, if, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. See, selfish ambition is something that we have to fight. We humans tend towards being selfish. We tend toward protecting ourselves. There's nothing wrong with ambition. As a matter of fact, we need more ambition in the body of Christ. We need people that will be a little bit more ambitious about spreading the gospel, about speaking the word, about getting out into the, into the community and spreading the gospel and winning souls for the lost. We need some more ambition in the body of Christ. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians that have this idea of, you know, "K sarah sarah, what we'll be will be. But God has really invited us to take charge of our lives with his power and with his direction. We need more ambition. Uh, to strive for the things that God would have us to, uh, to have in our life and to, to get to those places that God wants us to get to. But it can't be selfish. Everything that happens in our life cannot be self-motivated uh, for self or, or self-focused is probably a better word. We as Christians, we're called by Jesus to be selfless. We're called to consider other people just as much as we consider ourselves. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition. In the body of Christ, there's a lot of selfish ambition. I wonder sometimes, you know, are are some some people building uh, a ministry for themselves or are they building the kingdom of God? That's not to down anybody, but it's a question that, that I, I go over sometimes. Are we really building the kingdom of God or are we building our own little kingdom? How about us individually? are we really seeking the kingdom or are we just seeking hold on to your seats, kingdom benefits? Because if all we're seeking are the benefits that the kingdom promises us, then we're missing the point of Christianity. The point is that we are not to be self-focused people. We're not to be, see, I, I, I know I've been poking at this and, and I do it with great uh, care and gentleness and humility but a lot of what I'm hearing in the body of Christ today is all focused around self and yet we are called to be selfless. We are called to be people who purpose to do things not for selfish ambition but with others in mind. I'm all for prosperity. I believe in it, been preaching it for 25 years that I've been in ministry. I, I, I believe in it, preach it, live it. But if all we're seeking is prosperity for ourselves, then we have missed the point. The point is that God wants to prosper us so that we can be in the position to help others, to reach out to others. But, but I think that we've done more to create selfishness in the body of Christ, self-focused people and prideful people than we have selfless people. Unfortunately, the selfless kind of preaching doesn't work in most ministries. And what I mean by it doesn't work, it doesn't bring money in. Everybody wants to hear about how they're going to be a success and how they're going to prosper, and I'm all for it. And I think it's wonderful. But let's go beyond that. What is the purpose? Why do we want that? Do we want it for selfish reasons or do we want it so that we can be empowered to help others help the kingdom of God? Because we have been called by God to prosper. We have been called by God to do well. We have been called by God to succeed. The Bible says no one's gonna to listen to a poor man. But we've been called to that for the very high purpose of being able and being prepared and being empowered to reach and to touch the world for Jesus and build the kingdom of God. Now, some have gotten onto the other side of this and have just kiboshed prosperity preaching and kiboshed faith preaching. Well, the reason why they've kiboshed it is because they've got a misunderstanding about it. The Bible says it is he gives you power to get wealth so that you can establish the covenant But we've got to be sure and be certain in our hearts that what we're doing is not self-motivated because self-motivation is nothing other than pride hidden. Pride hidden. Because all pride cares about is self. All pride wants to do is build up self. All pride wants to do is be accepted, recognized, appreciated, and heard. And yet the Bible is calling us to do nothing through selfish ambition or conceit. But he goes on to say, but in lowliness of mind, and again, I have to go back over this. I know I hammered it last week, but I need to hammer it again because this all begins in the way you think, the way you think about yourself, and uh, that's why. That's why you know. I guess it was Dr. Hicks that said that you know, keep small in your own eyes. Don't don't think, you know, don't think big big about yourself. Keep small in your own eyes no matter how big or how successful or how prosperous you become. Keep small in your own self. Keep your thinking about yourself in the proper perspective. The Bible says That we should not think more highly of ourselves as we ought. There is something there we have to learn. We are to think well of ourselves, but not more highly than we ought to. Because that falls over to the side of pride. Pride is the sin of the devil. Pride puts all attention on self. One of the greatest things the devil is trying to do is get people over into the pride side. Why? Because that was his sin. That's what got him thrown out of heaven. Is everybody with me? That's why I say that pride is the sin of all sins. Every other sin really comes from pride. A desire to gratify self, a desire to care for oneself more than anyone else, a focus that's uh, just purely on self and no one else. And yet the Bible calls us that tells us that nothing should be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in the lowliness of mind. That's why I gotta keep your mind in the right place. Let each esteem others better than himself. And all that means is that I'm not going to go around and tell everybody you're better than me, you're better than me, you know, I'm nothing, you're better than me. That's, That's silly. But what I do is I appreciate and esteem others for what they are. So it says, in lowliness of mind, let us each esteem others better than himself. Verse four, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And then he goes to verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse five says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So again, he goes back to the mind issue. We've got to be sure that our minds are in the right place. Because whatever is in the mind, I've said this, we studied about the heart, but let me go over this again. Whatever you keep in the mind, whatever thoughts are in the mind that keep coming up in the mind, eventually are going to find their way to the heart. Pride is a heart issue. It's not a mind issue. Did you hear what I said? Pride is a heart issue. But it got to the heart by way of the mind because I thought some things about myself. I let some thoughts that the enemy brought my way. We've got to live in a constant reminder of where we've come from. A constant reminder that everything we are, everything we have, every bit of anointing in our life that we give God the glory for, we say we've got to keep the glory with God and not with us. You do a good job and people come up to you and pat you on the back and shake your hand and tell you you're wonderful, hold on to it for about 30 seconds. I'll give you 30 seconds. Then look up towards heaven and lift it up and give it back to God and say, all the glory belongs to you, Lord Jesus. Let this mind be in, in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Jesus had the right thinking about himself, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery with God to, uh, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. In other words, he didn't think that equality with God was something to hold on to or to, to grasp, but he divested himself of his glory. He came down from heaven, left his glory to come into the earth, never left his deity, left his glory to come into this low place earth and i said this last week but i'm going to say it again some of us have got to come down and take on the form of a bond servant and jesus did this he left the high place of glory to come into the earth to take the low place to take on the form of a bond servant for the ultimate purpose of blessing you and me so he didn't think that holding on to his position or his place was something that he needed to do. He realized and recognized that he had to let go of his position to come to a low place in order to accomplish a greater good. And that greater good would be the salvation that you and I enjoy today and all the blessings of the covenant that you and I enjoy today. So some, some of us, or some of us, we've got to think, we've got, it, there's nothing wrong sometimes with stepping down or stepping back, coming down from the high place. So in fact, there's some Christians, man, you better step down because if you don't, God's going to knock you down. <laughs> And if he doesn't, I will. (laughs) We've got to come down. Nothing should be, uh, nothing, we should, you know, we should be willing to do whatever we've got to do in the body of Christ to get the work done. We should be willing to do whatever, roll up our sleeves and get to work for the kingdom and not think that anything is above us or beneath us. Come on, somebody give me an amen. So Jesus came down from the high place to a lower place, divested himself of all his glory held on to his divinity, but took on the form of a man and a bondservant. And it says in, in verse 7, it goes on to say, but he made himself of no reputation. He actually had to work hard at not making a reputation for himself. Everywhere he went, he did miracles, and everybody wanted to you know, make a big deal about it, but Jesus disappeared, just you know, walked through the crowd. Everywhere he went, he made no reputation of himself. Look at the way he came. Here is the king of kings, the lord of lords, God himself, the creator of the universe, and yet he was born in a manger. He was born in the open air. Talk about, you know, I look at that manger. This is not Christmas time. We're not giving a Christmas sermon. But I look at that manger. What does that manger mean to me? It's just humility. Even though he could have snapped his fingers, if there was no room in the inn, he could have created an inn just with a poof, just like that. He could have created a palace for himself with one just flash of his, his fingers. But he didn't do that. He came down from the high place to a lower place, humbled himself, divested himself of the glory, came away from it for a while to take on the form of a bondservant to accomplish a greater good and that greater good was our salvation. That's powerful, think about it. This is the true act of humility. True humility is not afraid to step down. True humility is not afraid to give up something to accomplish a greater good in somebody else's life. True humility is not afraid to lift others even if it means that you've gotta go down a little bit. If you're in the kingdom, If if you're one of God's kids, then you're going to have to come to realize and understand that God's principle is diametrically opposed to that of the world. We're called to lift others, and as we lift others and build others up, God will in turn build and bless and lift you. As you seek the interests of others, God will get involved in your interests. As you spend time blessing others, God will then begin to spend time blessing you. I'll bet you, but I don't need humans involved in in the blessing plan of my life. I need God involved in the blessing plan of my life. And the way you do it is the opposite the way the world does it. We're, We're called to a kingdom principle. And the kingdom principle is that we humble ourselves and God will then exalt you. Come on, give the Lord a shout. taking on the form of a bond servant what's a bond servant one who willingly gives his servanthood one who willingly serves and uh, that's how we're to do it you know it, 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 you've got to just do it willingly you serve in the kingdom you serve in the church you just do it not because you're looking for recognition you're not looking for appreciation you're not looking to be seen or to be noticed that would be the wrong motive we do it because we are willing to serve, and, and the only reason why we ought to serve is for two reasons. One, we're so grateful for what God has done in our lives, and two, we want an opportunity to share that with others around us and to bless those around us, sharing what God has done in our lives. Number one, we're just so grateful that we in some way wanna bless God back. That would, be the, that would be the form, that would be the proper form that a Christian takes in service in the kingdom gospel workers don't want to be recognized true humble gospel workers just want to be a blessing for the sake of being a blessing true gospel workers don't even have their own their, their, their selves involved in it true gospel workers are working because they want others to be blessed they want others to receive the same touch of god that they received in their lives come on humble people don't want to be recognized Humble people just just happily go take the back seat somewhere and just do as a matter of fact humble people do and most of the time you don't even know who did it. Verse 8 in being found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself. See humility is something that we need to do. Don't wait to be humbled, humble yourself. Is everybody with me? He humbled himself and became obedient <coughs> excuse me, became obedient to the point of death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. It's a pretty interesting thing that Jesus was given the name and the exaltation, not in heaven. When the Bible says, therefore, Jesus now is highly exalted, he couldn't be any higher exalted in heaven because he was already, he was God and, and always was God and always will be God. But this exaltation that took place was an exaltation in this earth because he took the form of a servant and walked the life of obedience, And he laid it down as a prototype, as a paradigm for you and for me to follow after. And the truth of the matter is that when we humble ourselves, when we walk the path of humility, when we seek others' interests, just like we seek our own or even sometimes better than our own, when we seek to be a blessing, when we seek to do and serve in the kingdom with the proper servant's heart to just be a blessing, God says then when you follow the pattern of Jesus, you will have the same kind of blessing that fell on to Jesus' life. Therefore, God highly exalted him. He didn't need exaltation in heaven. He needed it on the earth. That's why he was given the name. He already had the name in heaven, but he needed to get the name in the earth because while he was in this earth, he walked this earth, all God and all man at the same time. But his life of humility and demonstration of humility, keeping his mind right and keeping his attitude right and and just divesting himself and seeking no reputation, divesting himself of the glory, stepping down from a high place to come to a low place so that someone else could be blessed earned him the name that is above every name. Now at the sound of the name of Jesus, not only everything in the heavens, but everything on the earth and everything beneath the earth must bow. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the principle of humility is God's principle. The principle of pride is the devil's principle. And the only way he could get the enemy to bow and everything to bow in hell was through the principle of humility. Hallelujah. Come on. The way, the way you will set the devil running, the way you will deal with the enemy in your own life, the way you will stop, uh, you will stop fights and arguments and, and all these kinds of things that happen in relationships is when you begin to operate and flow in the principles of humility because that will just stop the devil right in his tracks. He doesn't know how to deal with that because there is no humility in him. Pride is what kicked him out of the glories and the splendors of heaven because he wanted to be just like God can you give me a better amen than that so we said we left off at this principle last week and we said that if pride is the sin of all sins then humility is the virtue of all virtues so someone would say well I thought that love was the greatest but we understand that love and humility are synonymous You cannot separate love from humility or humility from love. When you are walking in love, in true uh, uh, divine love, godly love, you are walking in humility because you cannot separate them. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Now he goes on. He says we ought to have love. But now he goes on to talk about what love is. Now look at the definition of love. And I've got it in a couple of different versions. Because I want you to see that love is synonymous with humility. That's my point. Love and humility are exactly the same thing. So if you want to be a person of love, if you want to walk in love, then you're going to have to walk in humility because you cannot separate love from humility or humility from love. And he says here, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Envy is of the enemy. Do not ever become envious of other people. That's just pride. Most of the time we're envious because somebody's got something that we want or we've prayed for and they got bad. That's happened to me. But envy comes in and just robs you of all your trust and all your faith and all your relationship with God. Envy comes in to rob you of that joy and that peacefulness of knowing that God is your provider and whatever it is that you need, God's going to get it to you. If you just keep yourself out of pride and humbly continue to do God's will. So it says that love does not envy, love does not parade itself. In other words, love doesn't walk around wanting to be recognized I, I think i touched on that but there's so much of this in the body of christ people just wanting to be recognized let's just do it if any, and do it secretly uh, like jesus said whatever you do in secret your prayers in secret are going to be rewarded openly your giving in secret will be rewarded openly god will reward you in ways that man could never do it you don't have to be recognized no one needs to know so love does not envy, that's, that's pride. Love does not parade itself, that's pride. Love is not puffed up, that's pride. And I know a lot of puffed up Christians, I have to say that we're, you know a lot of this is really um, directed towards Christians, not just the non-believers. Are, are you getting something out of this? Come on, give me, give me an minute. Love, love, see, humility is, not, is the opposite of, 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 of this. Humble people are not puffed up. I I think I said this at the first service. I've been in some ministries and some churches where the pastor won't even go out in the lobby and shake hands. I'm trying to protect protect the anointing. I come in the side door. Some of you, anybody come from a church like that? Good, be honest, come from a church like that. Pastor comes in the side door, walks in, hallelujah, gives his sermon, and then quickly runs out the back door, gets in the car and takes off, trying to protect the anointing. Honey, let me tell you something, sweetheart brother, friend of mine, sister. A man taught me, a missionary, who's a great missionary in all over the world, Terry Mize. He, I was sitting next to him one day and somebody was talking about that stuff. He turned to me and he says, huh? He said, let me tell you something. I learned on the mission field that what are they talking about? The anointing is they have to protect the anointing. He says, I need the anointing to protect me. The anointing protects my life. I don't use that as an excuse to shield myself from the sheep. Shepherds are supposed to mingle with sheep." I was in Israel. I watched shepherds and sheep walk in the fields. They walked together. The shepherd was right in the midst of the sheep. He smelled like sheep. If you're a shepherd, you have to smell like sheep. You can't smell like sheep if you don't hang out with sheep. But unfortunately, some of this, some of this pride issue has emanated from the pulpit, I have to say it. Oh, dear God, this, this is not going to... If any of my friends hear, hear this message, they're going to come, come down on me. Some of it is, has just has begun in the pulpit. We're not puffed up, man. We're supposed to be living a low life here. You know, living living on the low side, not flying high above everybody. We're supposed to be we're supposed to be mingling with one another, encouraging one another, building one another, helping one another. That's that's see the. I believe that stuff is a stench in the nostrils of
0: God. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry.